active. One amen. Come on. <laughs> it's, it's Jesus. The word is Jesus. And he's here today. And I felt like this morning there's a scripture in Deuteronomy. It says, and for the Lord your God, say my God, is he who gives with you to fight for the, sorry, is he who goes with you to fight for you against your enemies to give you the victory. And it says we have the victory in Jesus. So this morning, as he brings the word, he's bringing victory to you. So whatever enemy is coming against you today, this is the battle plan that he's giving you to fight against the enemy. But God fights for you and gives you, say, the victory. Why don't you just declare, I have victory in Jesus. I have victory. I think you could say that just a little bit with more confidence and loudness and boldness and fierceness and relentlessness and all the things inside of your gut. Say, I have victory in Jesus. God, we thank you for your word, that it is Jesus' flesh, that we have it to take hold of today, that we have victory in our lives. I thank you for the anointing on Pastor Mike, that he would declare things to us that would shift the atmosphere in our lives, that there would be a shift in everything that we're thinking, God, that we would think more like you. We thank you that, Jesus, you gave us victory. And we sit this morning and we receive your word, believing that you are able to do exceedingly more than we could think or imagine. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Well, this morning we're going to talk about the God of abundance. But as I was preparing that message, I thought it really should be the word super abundance. Because he's a God of super abundance. Amen. Last week, Ruth shared a word that she... She got on July 12th, I think it was, 12th. She said, the Lord said, there is no lack in my kingdom. You believe that? We often don't understand that we live our lives apart from God's abundance. That is until the word of God reveals his truth to us. That revelation comes and we realize that we have something missing in our lives that God wants us to have. You can... You can live on one of these levels, and I guarantee you, all of you do, okay? The first level is you can say, I have a need or a lack. That's called lack living. Not making it. I have needs. Or you could say, I have all my needs met. That's, that's, That's no lack living. But it's just barely living. Just getting by. Or you could say, I live in the abundance of God. That's abundance living. I live in his abundance in everything. In 2 Corinthians 9, 8, there's a key verse about abundance. It says, yes, yes, God is more than able. He is more than ready to overwhelm you with every form of grace. So that you will have more than enough of everything. Every moment and in every way, he will make you overflow with abundance. You hear that? Overflow with abundance in every good thing you do. That's a good verse. 
So why is it that we live so far below the abundance that the Father intends for us to live in, to have? Here's the challenging thought. Do you believe that God is your all in all in one area, but you miss it completely in a different area of your life? You often do. Sometimes our lack of understanding of God's heart holds us back from the abundant inheritance that he wants us to have. Do we really understand what God has purposed for us? This morning, I believe that God has something for you from his word. Reserved just for you this morning. May the Holy Spirit reveal his power and his presence in his abundant provision in your life. In the sermon that Ruth preached last week about no lack, she started with a verse in Isaiah chapter 55, 1 and 2. And the last part of the second verse, I really want to capitalize on that. It says, listen to me carefully and eat what is good and delight yourself in abundance. It's an invitation from God to delight yourself in abundance. Something beyond the ordinary. There's actually a supernatural offer of abundance before us. I was thinking about abundance and I thought of lots of verses and one that really gripped my heart that I started to look at was in Ephesians 3.20. And you probably know this verse. It says, Now to him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think according to his power that works in us. I thought about that verse and I thought, Wow. I, you know, kind of did a word study, you know, kind of digging into that verse. And, and it starts out, it says, unto him who is able to do. Able to do there is a Greek word, and it means I'm able to do it. I, I can do it. I, I can do it above your expectations, beyond your expectations. And then the second phrase in there is a big Greek word. It's got three words made into one Greek word, or what, and it means above and exceedingly and abundantly. And the, 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 right in between the two of the Greek words, there's hyper and I don't know the rest of them, but they're there. But right in the middle of it is the, is the little bitty word called, ek is the word, ek. And that one, it's an intensifying word. And it means I'm going to intensify the verb. I'm going to add to this verb the idea of exhaustlessness. That's pretty pretty powerful. The the compound word that Paul used in this verse is a superlative of superlatives. It's so big, you just can't describe it in English words very well. Exceedingly, abundantly above. Hmm speaks of God's ability to do something and, and in that ability in that ability has more than enough power and his power is exhaustless and then some on top of that. It's like Paul is saying God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all and then some more on top of that. This power that I have is exhaustless and when that comes to the end I've got some more. But exhaustless never comes to the end, but I still have more. Such a word. Imagine that God has that power for us. And then it says that this power is, is, is shared with us according to the power that works in us. 
thought that was an interesting phrase. And, and that, that's the power of the Holy Spirit, obviously, in that verse. But the real impact of it is that, that it's, it's the riches, the, the effectiveness, the power of His Spirit in our lives. But His working, His power is determined by our yieldedness to the Holy Spirit. How much is God able to do? Well, He can do anything. He can do everything. But it's limited by our yieldedness to the Holy Spirit. We can limit or enlarge God's working in our lives by the degree of our yieldedness to the Holy Spirit. So I thought, oh man. So just just pray with me for a second. Lord, we yield ourselves to the Holy Spirit. We want your power, all of your power, everything you have for us, and we want to yield everything we are to your Spirit. We thank you, Lord. We thank you. Bless you, Lord. Thank God that there are no limits to his power. He can move mountains. He can change lives. He can do whatever he needs to do. He can lift burdens. He can meet needs. He can change lives of substandard saints to lives of glory and honor for him. And it's just a small glimpse of what God can do. The abundance of his willingness is to share with us. So when you think about God's abundance, you could think, well, I'm glad God's abundant, but that doesn't really affect me. But it does. What good would it do for God to be abundant if he didn't share it? He wants to share with us. He wants his abundance to affect our lives. He wants his abundance to change our lives. Hallelujah. When I dare say that I am what he says I am, then I am what then I am what I then I am what he says I am. When the word says I am, I am. Because he knows what he did in Christ to make me what he says I am. Amen. If you can get that. His word says, for instance, I am complete in him. Well, God is the author of the word. He's the author of my redemption. So if he says I'm complete in him, then what? I must be complete in him. Right? It doesn't matter whether I understand his method of measurement, whether I understand the standards of perfection. It matters that he says that about me. I'm complete in him. So I am. I rest in what he says. I'm satisfied with what he says. I'm complete in him. Because what he says about me is what's really true. In Ephesians 1.3 it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. A long time ago I did a word study on this, and I discovered that the word blessed in there, specifically the middle word, there's three blessed in that verse, but the middle one specifically is the word that's like... Um, when you eulogize someone, right? You give a testimony about them, how good they are, or whatever you want to say. But that's what that's what it's saying. God has blessed us. He has eulogized. He speaks well of you. He speaks well of you. He has blessed you. He speaks well of you. When he says we are the fullness of him that fills all things, we are. 
when he declares that we're seated together with him in heavenly places, we're seated there. Amen. We need to go about our days rehearsing and reminding ourselves of these great facts of what God says about us, what he says over us. So that it's kind of like, you remember when you were in grade school, you learned the multiplication tables? Remember that? Can you still tell me them? Everybody knows what 2 plus 2 or 2 times 2 is. And 2 times 3 and 2 times 4 and all of them. You got them, they're inside of you. They're just part of you. We need to rehearse the word of God to become part of us like that. So when he says something about you, you need to say the same thing about yourself. You can't think God's thoughts without God following up his thoughts in you and changing your thoughts into reality. You think weakness and you're weak. You think strength and you're strong. Remember the word says in Joel, let the weak say, I am strong. You think about God indwelling you, and God will fill and rise up in your body, his temple, with his glory. Just like he overshadowed the temple of Solomon, he will overshadow your life. Let faith speak through your lips today. That's the way faith works. You've been given everything that you need for life and godliness. It says in Second Peter, it's not that you are um, that you will be given those things someday. It says you have been given everything that pertains to life. It's yours. God's not withholding anything from you. They're yours. He has done it all. He has won it all. He has given it all. If you, need his, if you need to see it in his word, if you need it, if you have a need and you see it in his word, it's yours. Do you need provision? It's yours. Do you need favor? It's yours. Do you need protection? It's yours. Whatever you need that his word says it's yours, it's yours. It's yours. Every blessing, every promise Everything that God says about you is true. Wow. The key to believing that is knowing. Knowing what God says about you. And believing that he does not lie knowing that he has given you everything in Christ and knowing that it's yours now. Even if you haven't seen it yet, maybe I should say, especially if you haven't seen it yet, because that's where you really need to tap into the power of faith and stand on his promises. The question is, why do we look everywhere else for solutions when he has all that we need? He's offering us so much. He's inviting us to come and receive from him to receive his, of his abundance. He's offering us something that fulfills and satisfies like nothing else does. Look again at the last part of, the, of Isaiah 55 two. It says, listen to me carefully. Eat what is good and delight yourself in abundance. 
Delight yourself in abundance. More than enough. And it's for you. And it's readily available. Everything that God has given us is readily available. Come and enjoy the abundance that he's provided for us. There's an inheritance deposited for you. It's on your account. It has abundance in the very essence of its offer. And that offer is from the God of abundance. He's from the God of superabundance. And he's calling you to step out from the natural and into the supernatural realm with him. You need to step into Christ in whom there is abundance. Where there's increase. There's always increase in the kingdom of God. Always. Always more. And it's for you. It's abundance. So, what if you stop believing is possible and said, I'm too old. It's too late. It's been too long. It can never happen now. But you see, the Holy Spirit lives within you. He lives within you. And you have a renewed mind. You are dead to sin. You are a new creation. A brand new person. Old things are passed away. All things have become new. The enemy was defeated. So don't give him any ground. Jesus is here this morning offering to you a life of abundance. So step into the moving and the power of the Holy Spirit. Say this with me. Holy Spirit, I want to walk with you. I step into the power and the moving of your Holy Spirit. Too often, sometimes I think too often, we take a measuring stick and we measure our lives and and we kind of use our own measurement and decide what we can do and what we can't do in the kingdom of God. We forget that it's all about Jesus. It's all about his great gifts. It's all about the price he paid for each of us. It's all about what he's done. It's all about his blood that flowed out from us. I, I don't know what you, but I've been reading the book of Colossians. <clears throat> in the first chapter, there's one small phrase that grips me, and it really has become the center part of the whole book for me. And that phrase is his very blood. It says, in the first right before that, it says, he transferred us out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. But then the next verse, the end of the verse, it says, he did this by his very blood. By his very blood. <clears throat> it's all about him. It's all about him. God is wanting you to discover who you truly are and what it's possible for you to become. What he's given you. It's kind of like the parable of the sower. I think about that parable. And, and you know, in that parable, there's four kinds of soil. But I want to change that parable a little bit to, like, to make it be the four stations of the river, like Ruth was talking about last week, out of Ezekiel. You remember those stations? Well, like the first station says, some seed fell by the wayside. Well, that's kind of like being on the bank of the river. Maybe you're just a spectator. 
You want to stay where it's safe and dry and familiar? Uh, maybe my toe in, but that's it. You believe God can, but you don't really believe that he will. Or maybe you're on the second level. It says there are some seeds fell on stony ground. Well, maybe, maybe you're at that level. Maybe you want a safe place, but you're willing to get in ankle deep. You're only going to commit so much to God. Remember that God doesn't do those supernatural kinds of things today. So maybe you're on the third level. Since there are some fell among thorns, well, maybe you will step into the river halfway. You want the things of God, but you want the things of the world too. You want the ability to control and to choose what's going to happen. My experience holds more truth than the scripture. That's a sad place to be. But maybe you're on the fourth level. You're all in. Because those seeds fell on good ground. You're, you're vulnerable. You're open. You're embracing everything God has. You're holding nothing back. I want to be all in, don't you? I want to be all in. Hmm. There's more. There's always more. And everything you need is in Him. And you are complete in Him. It doesn't matter your personality. It doesn't matter... If you're a man, a woman, a youth, a child, it doesn't matter if you're the most gifted on the planet or not. Because it's never been about you. It's always been about Jesus and what he can do through you, in you, and for you. In 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 5, it says, Yet we don't see ourselves as capable enough to do anything on our own strength. For our true competence, competence flows from God's empowering presence. And then verse 6 says, He alone makes us adequate ministers who are focused entirely on a new covenant. Our ministry is not based on the letter of the law, but in the power of the Holy Spirit. The law kills, but the Spirit pours out life. Hebrews 8.6, my favorite verse in Hebrews. But now he has obtained a more excellent ministry, inasmuch as he's a mediator of a better covenant based on better promises. We have a better covenant, and it's based on better promises. He is a God of abundance. He's the God of abundance. The key is to know what God has said, that he has given us everything in Christ. It's already ours. It doesn't matter whether we see it or don't see it. It's ours. It matters whether we see and choose to believe what the word of God says. If God said it, you can count on it. God has given you every spiritual blessing and everything that pertains to life and godliness and they are all yours. You have them. So believe it. Especially whenever it looks like you don't have it 
That's when you have to really believe. Because God says so. And God doesn't lie. So if you don't have it, it's just not yet. You simply aren't seeing it in the natural yet. I was listening to Dutch Sheets, and he told a story about a Jewish rabbi who, after he shared, this Jewish rabbi came up to him and said, I'm a spirit-filled Messianic rabbi. I found your comments regarding uh, this subject very interesting. It's very similar to what we as Jews believe regarding time and a related word in the Hebrew language. And he said, do you know what the word testimony means in Hebrew? Dutch said, no, not really. And he said, well, the root word for testimony means to repeat, to do it again, or do it again, do, do time again. It doesn't mean only tell about or give a witness of something. It's like time is pregnant with God's word and power. The, ever, the everlasting God has placed his power to do or accomplish something in the time, in his word, and it is forever there. And it's activated by your testimony. It says, for the word of God is living and powerful in Hebrews 4. His laws, his principles, his word are full of his power. And we can tap into this power by declaring what he has done in the past so that he will do it again. In Revelation twelve eleven, it says, they overcame by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. So we believe that when one declares God's word or shares what he did in the past, a testimony, the same powers are released to do it again today. He said, that's why we believe it's important to tell our children what God has done. We believe this power can be released again and again and again. The Jewish people don't measure time in a linear fashion, he said. Like a timeline like we do in the West. But we see time as cyclical. Cyc- I'll get that word. Cyclical. Got it. Like a circle. And we believe God does things in cycles. We actually believe the time cycles annually. We reach a time of the year when God did something in history. And it's easier to tap into that power again. It's like during the time of Israel's feast, for example. We believe it's easier to tap into what God placed in the feast time. He said, we believe God has put his word in the earth and his word is full of power. His word is alive and it's living and it's full of his power. I sent my word and healed them, it says in Psalm. Isaiah 55, 11 says, so, and this is in the message, it says, so will the words that come out of my mouth not come back empty-handed. They'll do the work I sent them to do. They'll complete the assignments I gave to them. The word do the work is the Hebrew word asa, and it means it's the same word that's used for create. And he says, my words have created power to do the work. They will do what I have assigned them to do. God's word today is just as powerful as the day he spoke it. It's alive. This word is powerful. It it produces faith that multiplies fruit, gives us victory in battle. 
When we speak God's word, we're not demanding something from him, but honoring him, displaying or demonstrating our trust. So we commit ourselves to command your word, to speak your word, to declare your word, in order to produce life, to defeat Satan and the plans that he has against us, in our families, in our nation. We will accomplish what you want because of your word. It's kind of like, <clears throat> think about the, the journey that I've been on, the healing that I have. Every day, I make confession that God is my healer, that he has accomplished his healing in me, that he's victorious, he's powerful, I believe his truth over the truth of the doctors, over the truth of circumstances, over the truth of everything else. I believe his word is the most powerful word spoken about my being. And it's the most powerful word spoken about your being. What God says trumps every other word. Amen? And I choose to believe the eternal truth of his report over the circumstances that I'm in. And when I do that, it actually generates a substance of faith in my life. And it begins to bring what is in the eternal realm, what's real there, into real into reality in the earthly realm. Paul says this about it in Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 2, chapter 4, for a momentary light affliction this passing trouble is producing for us an eternal weight of glory far beyond all measure, abundance. Sometimes my definition of temporary or momentary is a little different than God's, but that's okay. I go with his. Amen? Amen. So activate the power of your faith. Enjoy and and uh, live in God's abundance. Yes, so, so much for us that we haven't we haven't even touched the tip of the iceberg of what he has for us. Get in the word. In Romans chapter 10 verse 17 it says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. So begin to study and to read and to, and in every way you can get his word into you. His word's alive. It's the substance of your faith. And lift up your eyes. I think in Genesis it says, he said to Abraham, lift up your eyes so don't look at the circumstances. Look beyond the circumstances. See what God is doing. See what God wants to say. And then I want you to speak it out, to declare it. Activate his word. Activate your faith in his word by speaking his word. Speaking the truth of God's word actually activates your faith. It establishes his promises in your life. 
Rejoice. The fourth thing is to rejoice and to give thanks. Philippians, it says, give thanks for what he has done. Powerful, why? Because God has won it all. He's done it all. He's given it all. And when we rejoice and give thanks to him, we're expressing our belief in that. And the fifth thing is then receive. The power of faith is not only to believe, but it's to receive. In Mark eleven twenty four, I say to you, what things soever you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. So take some time to intentionally receive what God is doing. What God has for you. I want to I want to conclude this morning with some verses. These verses to me are the bedrock of God's abundance in our life. I was shared one of them already. We're not going to share that one, but Ephesians 3.20, that God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you can ask or think. But then these other ones are, are Luke chapter 12, verse 32. says, Do not fear, little flock, for it's your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. I, I looked at other translations of that verse and a couple of phrases in the Amplified Bible. It says, Do not be seized with alarm or struck with fear. Don't let that happen. In the, in the New Living, it says, It's your Father's great happiness to give you the kingdom. In the Pastor Translation, it says, Don't ever be afraid, dearest friends. Your loving Father joyously gives you his kingdom with all of its promises. That's his abundance. And then Romans 8 31 32. What shall we say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, shall he not with him freely give us all things? A couple of the translations of that. Won't he, also, won't he give us everything else? Romans 8 in the English version says, How will he not with him also graciously give us all things? And then the last verse is Second Peter chapter 1, verse 3 and 4. As his divine power has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness, through the knowledge of him who has called us by glory and virtue. As you know him, he gives you everything you need. It's like if, I, if, <clears throat> if you have a bank account, and I put some money in your bank account, but I didn't tell you how much it was, or that I did it, you couldn't use it, right? But if I told you that I put $1,000 in there, and that you could have it for whatever you want, you'd use it. You need to know. You need to know God through his word, through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. Verse 4, by which has been given to us Exceedingly great and precious promises. There's that word exceedingly in there. Uh, there's the first line. That word is the same word as what in Ephesians chapter 3. Exceedingly great. Up over the top. Exceedingly over the top. Great and precious promises. God has given you so, so much. 
He is the God of abundance. He is the God of superabundance. And that's what I want to walk in. You too. Amen. Amen. Let's stand. Father, you put so much in your word. So much that we didn't cover this morning, but every place that you look, you're providing for, caring for, meeting our needs, providing miracles and signs and wonders. You're doing things beyond human ability. Because you love us. Because you care for your people and you want to see us fulfill the destiny that you've chosen for us. You're so good, God. You've given us such, so much of your abundance. You've shared with us we're joint heirs with Christ. We have an inheritance in you. So many verses that show us your willingness and your purpose to give to us. We believe them, Lord. We believe every one of them. We take the testimony of your word against everything else and say your word wins. Your word wins. Your word wins. We thank you, Lord. Thank you that you've provided so, so much for us. And we just express our gratitude for what you've done and what you're doing and what you're going to do. We give you praise in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> Put your hand in your heart this morning. Oh, Lord. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you. The Lord be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Go in His grace today.